so this morning, I want to just take a look at, uh, at the Word. I want to, the last couple of weeks we've been talking about some different things. We've talked about some of the pictures that, that are in the Bible, that, that they're pictures that, dis, uh, that are in the natural, but they describe spiritual things. Like a couple of weeks ago, we talked about having the armor of God on. And Paul was talking about having truth and having righteousness and having uh, salvation and peace in your life, uh, having the sword of the Spirit. But in all of that, he wasn't talking about like shoes and a helmet and all that kind of, those kind of things. Whereas a lot of times that's what we think of and we right away picture that. He's talking about how it applies to your life and having those things uh, in your life. Uh, and one of the things that talks about is having the shoes that are prepared to share the gospel of peace. That have been prepared. First uh, Peter chapter 3 verse 15 says, Always be ready. Always be prepared to give an answer for the hope that you have. So in preparing, in studying God's Word, in, in writing your story, like a lot of, a lot of uh, uh, the people that got baptized last week, we heard their story. And it took some time to prepare to do that. In that preparation, what are you doing? You're putting on those shoes because the next time you see somebody and they ask you, you know, hey, uh, what, what's, what's your life been like? You're like, I know what to tell you. Why? Because I prepared. I've got those shoes uh, of the gospel already on. Um, John Stangad was talking to me. I, I got my oil changed. I, was that this week? Last week, yeah, that's right. It's been a, yeah, we weren't here last Sunday, that's why. Um, but I got my oil changed, and he had mentioned that too, just that the armor's not something we're putting on every day. It's something, because he didn't say put on every day. He just said put it on. Have it on all the time. So as we continue um, to do these things, as we continue to, to put truth in our life, we are, we're always in a, in a and I guess, in a growing strength in the armor that we have. And that war is happening in your mind right now, already distractions trying to get a hold of you and say, oh, you know, uh, it's really nice and sunny out there. You know, I could be at the beach. I hope he doesn't waste my time. You know, there's whatever. There's those thoughts, stuff like that's definitely going to happen. But, or you've got concerns. There's things that we prayed about today that now you're thinking about, man, I wonder how they're doing laying in that hospital bed right now. And all those things that you think, even some of them you think they're good. I want to challenge you right now to just grab hold of your mind and say, you know what, I want to, I want to focus. I just want to have that peace uh, of, of God in my mind right now to just be able to, to hear. Because I believe that this morning, that what we're sharing, it's not, it's not rocket science, but it, it's so foundational that if we don't understand this, we mess up a lot and miss out on a lot of different things. The greatest weapon that you have in all those things that they shared, the greatest weapon that you have, I believe, is love. Uh, I, I really believe that I've, I saw just some, uh, a video on it this uh, past week called Furious Love and it just talks about just going out into a world that you know you don't have to have all the answers if you got love because even if you have all the answers and you don't have love it doesn't matter so having that love shining, shining through your life it, it's something that's you know that, that, that's one of the reasons why God has the church uh, in place on this planet um, Baptism Sunday we looked at that Baptism again another picture it's a picture of people dying and coming back to life. Li- giving up their old life, dying to that, and being raised again to new life in Jesus. I, I loved watching people baptize their friends. I, I loved, you know, at beforehand, as we were having people say, hey, who do you want to baptize you? And, they're, and uh, I said, you know, I'm available, but I don't need to do it. And then when they say, yeah, no, we don't want you. You know, like, we, we got our peeps. And I'm like, huh. You know, at first it was like, well, that sucks, you know, because uh, we said, hey, have somebody who's a spiritual influence in your life. I'm thinking, man, I, just, I should just be it, right? I, I'm, I'm the pastor, for goodness sakes. Of course, I'm the spiritual influence in your life, and you can have a secondary as well. But then, they don't even pick you as the primary. They don't, they don't pick you as a secondary. They don't, they don't even pick you. They're like, you know, you can, you can read my story. <laughs> but you know what? I, I, 
one thing I just love about that is that that is genuinely what the church is supposed to be like, is that, that it isn't about that one guy. I love that people getting baptized that day had already had an influence in someone else's life, that they were baptizing someone else. That is like the, the, the I don't know, I mean, that's like an A for you guys. You're, you're getting this thing called church, right? It's, um, I, I loved it. So thanks for doing that. Thanks for not, uh, you know, succumbing to the peer pressure and, and picking me. I, I appreciate it. it. It's good. I wouldn't have had a story today if you did. But uh, th- this summer, over the next little while, I really want to take some time to talk about di- some different things. Helping the church understand the giftings that God has in your life. Every one of you has unique gifts and talents. Every one of you is put into the body of Christ for a reason. And we're like, yeah, I know that. But do you know the reason? Do, do you know why you're Tom and why you have the gifts and talents? And, and what, are you, what is your part in the church of God? Is it to drive your water truck down and water our trees? We're glad you did it. But it, I'm not sure that that's the only reason. I know that's not the only reason that, that God has created Tom to be in this place. Sorry to pick you out. But same for the rest of you. That same thing that you are uniquely created, you're part of, of something here. And I want to talk about that. We're going to talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You know, speaking in tongues and things like that. And like, oh, you know, I, I don't know what that's all about. Don't worry. It's not as hokey as you might think off the bat. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about the, 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 the gifts in your life that are hardwired in there and the ones that kind of spontaneously happen. And the basic reason we're going to talk about it is to equip you to do the work of the ministry. Equipping you to do ministry. We'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk a little bit about that over the next little bit, but today I thought there's, there's a foundation that we just really need to have set in our lives and understand before any of that works. Because if you just go after ministry, or if you just go after like the giftings, or you just go after things like that, you get messed up because there's a reason why those things are there. And if we don't understand the reason, those things will they'll, they'll, they'll swell your head. They will, they will offend other people for not good reasons. So we want to talk this morning about the church. Who is the church? What is the church? And, and I, I want to challenge you right now. Don't turn off your brains. You're like, hey, I've heard stuff on this before. We talk about it a lot because we want you to really, really get it. 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Let's jump right in. What are we doing for time today? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Sorry, E.B., but this is going to be fast. I speak really, really fast. Just uh, tape it in slow motion today and uh, it'll be good. Um, it says this, Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. What's it say? You are the body of Christ. It doesn't say you look like the body of Christ or, or this is a picture. It says you are the body of Christ and members individually. Paul was talking to the Corinthian church. I'll give you a little quick background on them. They were in, in modern day um, Greece. They, were, they had some messed up stuff going on in their church. They were... Um, they were in a, in a pretty worldly place. They were a newer church. Uh, the, the gospel had just kind of come out to, work, to them. They had started a church, and they, they had people coming into their church, and they had all kinds of other stuff coming with those people in their church. They, just, they had stuff that, that Paul was saying to them, hey, you know what, you guys are new to this, so I'm going to give you a couple, uh, a couple just instructions on what this thing called church is supposed to look like. And in, in, in very, the very first chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, it says this, I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters. He's, who is he talking to? Brothers and sisters. It means he's talking to Christians, followers of Jesus. He says, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, um, he says, I, I appeal to you to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no division in your church. Remember, be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. No divisions. He says, be of one mind. Have, be thinking the same way 
Uh, be united in your thought and in your purpose. What's the purpose of a church? Sometimes we, we think, oh, the purpose is go on Sunday, you know, sing if I know the song, put money in the bucket if I can afford it, try and make it through the sermon, uh, grab a mento on the way out, grab a couple muffins and a coffee, and we did it! Woo! We did church! Yeah! He's saying no. He's saying that have the same mind so you understand the purpose of it. Because these guys, you know what, what happened to them? They're getting divided. They're getting divided based on who was their favorite preacher. So we have, sometimes have different people come through and they're teaching and, and it would be like this. You know, people, they, back then they were saying, I'm of Apollos, I'm of Paul. And it'd be like, you know, I'm of, I'm of Mark V. You know, I like his teaching the best. And, and others would be like, no, when that Mark J, that guy right over there, when he teaches, oh my goodness, he's the best. I, I just love that. And they're like, no, when Pastor Eric comes once a year, that's my favorite Sunday. I endure 51 Sundays for Pastor Eric Sunday. You know, because that's, that's the one. And... And we ha- they had this thing there. They're like, hey, this is who I'm after. And Paul's like, listen, this, this, this whole thing is supposed to be about Jesus. It's, it's not about a person. There's no spiritual big shots. Very important that we realize this. No spiritual big shots. No, um, no spiritual superheroes. You know, no spiritual celebrities. It's, it's, it's about Christ. Well, there's lots of different teachers, but it's about Christ. So if the people teaching aren't calling you to follow Christ in a closer way, Look out. If you feel even like, and I'll say that even for myself, if from myself you don't get that sense of, man, I, I just really want to grow in my relationship with God, look out. Don't just assume that because someone's standing at the front, that they've, they've got it all together, they've got all the answers or whatever, they're going to do it for you. He wants you in a closer relationship with Him. And that's what should be happening in our lives. Um, then he deals with a whole bunch of different things in the next couple chapters, and we'll talk about that uh, in, in the weeks to come. But he goes all the way to chapter 11. He starts talking about the Lord's Supper. We talked about that before, about communion uh, that, we, that we often do here. And in 1 uh, Corinthians eleven seventeen, he said, you probably, have, you know, you probably heard the, the, the scriptures where he says, you know, uh, that night the, the, uh, in which Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke and he gave it to the disciples, said, this is my body broken for you, right? And then he says, and then he took the cup and he says, this is the cu- cup of the new covenant in my blood. This is, uh, it, it's for you. Do this in remembrance of me. We've all heard that, right? No? Yes, we're still here. Okay, so, so I didn't even have to read it because we've said it so many times that it just becomes one of those things which, which you remember. But, but back in the day, Paul starts talking to this church and before that, a few verses before in verse 17, he says this. At the beginning of uh, chapter 11, he says, I praise you guys because you, you're doing this stuff right. Then in verse Corinthians 11, 17, he says this. In the following instructions, I cannot praise you for it sounds like more harm than good is done when you meet together. He's like, that, that, that's not a good thing. He's like, you know what? You guys are doing church and you're doing more damage than you're doing good. So you probably, you know, you might as well not even meet. Like really, the, you're pro- it's better off if you just skip Sunday. Skip church altogether. Skip, uh, skip the meeting because it's, it's, not, it's not working out. And so, he says, so then he starts explaining to them what they're doing. He's like, first, you know, these guys are getting there, the, the, the richest people in the church, they get there early, and they're bringing lots of food for the Lord's Supper, and uh, they start eating like crazy, because they're like, yeah, those poor people, they're going to be coming. Quick, pass me some more roast beef. You know, I'm having two sandwiches. I'm having a double stack before, you know, before, you know, whatever, uh, Joe from the other side of the tracks gets here, and sure enough, there they go, and they're eating, and then, and then they're drinking the communion glasses, and, and they use, uh, they're using wine, and it says they're getting drunk. They're getting drunk on it. They're like, yeah, I guess Joe's not coming, you know, past the communion glass again. And, and, and they're, they're getting drunk right in church. 
We use grape juice, just saying. But for that reason. <laughs> but but they're, they're getting drunk, and Paul's like, wait a second, you guys are getting together. You have no idea what this is all about. He says that, he, he says to them, you know, you, you're, the, the Lord's Supper should look like this. And then that's why he explains to them, this is what it is. Do this in remembrance of me. And then at the end of it, he says in verse 27 to 34, let me, let me just, uh, well, in verse, uh, yeah, I'm going to read it to you. If we don't get done, we don't get done. This is always next week. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. You with me? Did you got your Bibles this morning? Do we have it up there? It's in black. No. Um, <clears throat> it says, verse 27, So anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. That is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. For if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you're eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. That's why many of you are weak and sick, and some have even died. But if we would examine ourselves, we would not be judged by God in this way. Yet when we are judged by the Lord, we're being disciplined, so we'll not be condemned along with the world. So here's what he's saying. He's saying, hey, if you guys, if you eat, if you're taking this, this supper, this communion, unworthily, it's, it's saying unworthily, not because you're unworthy to take it, but you're doing it in the wrong manner. He says there's, there's, there's consequences that are happening in your life. Some people are even dying. Some of you are weak because of it because you don't understand what this is all about. So he says to them, examine yourself. He says, examine yourself. Take a look at yourself. And, and as you study these words and you look up the Greek meanings of what it's saying, it says, examine yourself to see if you're genuine. Look at yourself to say, am I a genuine follower of Jesus Christ? That, that's what he's talking about. He says, Does, is this real for me? Am I remembering what he did for my sin? As I'm taking this body, as I'm, as I'm taking the, the bread and the wine, am I, remember, am I remembering it? Am I, am I judging this thing correctly? Am I discerning? Am I doing this thing right? So that's what he's talking about first. But he says, he says something interesting. He says, make sure you discern the body or honor the body. And I want to challenge you this morning that I, I believe it's more than just that little piece of bread. I believe that because of the whole way he's been talking through the whole thing, all the way through Corinthians, that it's not just about this little piece of bread that you might eat the wrong way, but it's about the body of Christ. Because what did he say a few verses later in chapter 12? You are the body. So what if we're not discerning the body right? What if we're not understanding this, this, what the body of Christ uh, as the church really looks like? What if that's part of the reason why certain things aren't working out? What if that's the reason why... Things are uh, going down. And it says, um, the reason I think this is because at the end, in verse 33, he says this. What's the rebuke to them? First, he says, examine yourself. Make sure you're a genuine follower of Jesus. The second thing he says to them in verse 33, it says this. So, my dear brothers and sisters, when you gather for the Lord's Supper, wait for each other. Wait for each other. He's not saying when you gather together, make sure there's no sin in your life. Make sure before you take the Lord's Supper that, that, that everything is, that you are worthy to take it. He's not saying that. He's saying, make sure you've discerned the Lord's body correctly. And by doing that, wait for each other. He's saying, make sure that this unity that I've been talking about is, is happening. And it says, if you're really hungry, Mark's paraphrases, eat a sandwich at home so you don't bring judgment on yourself. That, that's what Paul's saying to them. He says, eat at home so that, that you don't, don't judge the body wrongly. And make sure that that's happening. See, because as the church, 
In this this book of Corinthians, there was no chapters and verses. It was just one big, long letter from Paul. So all of a sudden, it ends there and starts chapter 12, but it didn't do that. It's just this one continuous thought. So Paul carries on with that, and he starts talking about the spiritual gifts and about how all those things work together. But he's saying, hey, all these giftings and all this stuff works as a body. So he just went from don't, you know, make sure you judge the body correctly. Make sure you understand what the body of Christ is. Don't, Don't get that wrong. Because you know what? The body of Christ, this, this body of Christ affects our lives and affects our world much more than we realize. And I, I want to I say that I believe that lives of fol- the followers of Jesus are much more dependent on one another than we realize. Much more. That means what it's saying, if it says the church is a body, it means it isn't a couple things. It isn't a building. So this building, that's not really church. It's not a service on Sunday morning. So what we're doing right now, right here, isn't really church. Not in and of itself. So if you just say, hey, I came and I was there and I did church, you might be missing something. And I I think that the great, great chances that that can happen. It's not a set of rules and regulations that people follow. He's saying it's, it is the body of Christ. And Paul's saying to them, we need to value it. We need to understand it. We need to know it. We need to honor it. We need to function with other believers because we are the body of Christ on this planet. Jesus isn't here anymore. So what he's been saying is my, my, my great plan would, for, for Jesus was that as he came and started the church, that he would build the church, he would leave and that church would be his body. The same body that walked around healing people, casting out uh, demons, you know, making, making radical change in the world around him, that this body would be that same thing. Say, man, did I, did I do that this week? Did, did we live like that this week? But we need each other. There is no superhero. There's no one person who's got all of it. This week is interesting. I was talking with Aaron on the way here that when this uh, young guy got in a car accident, they start, you know, they never want to talk about God at any other time, some of the people on our street. But they know Aaron. They know he, he knows the Lord. So they call him and say, hey, Aaron, you know, would you pray? Because, uh, you know, if you pray, something might happen. Because if I pray, nothing's going to happen. I know that, right? And, and so there's this thought of, you know, th- they're reaching out for it. But do we have something to offer them? Do we really have something to offer them? I want to give you a couple of thoughts. The body, number one, if we are the body, the body must be connected to the head. If a body's not connected to the head, it's not alive. It's not. You know, and I'm not talking about Kingsway Church as a, as a whole, that we're saying we need to be connected to the head, Jesus. I'm saying individually. You as individuals need to be connected to Jesus. It's like butchering chickens. You know, when, when you butcher chickens, any, any of the farm kids, you know, you chop that head off. What's that chicken do? I, I know, this is awful, but it jumps around, it dances, it's like going nuts. It, it would, you know, it's whatever. There's, it's, it's leaving its business all over the place. Like, you know it's there, but it looks alive. It looks really alive, actually, because those chickens are like, look, 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 and then they chop the head off and it goes nuts, right? It looks alive, but it's dead. It's not really alive. So it doesn't matter what it looks like, it's not alive. You cut a branch off a tree. It looks alive, but it's not. You watch it for a few days instead. It's like the flowers you, give, you pay ridiculous amounts of money for on Valentine's Day. You're giving your wife dead stuff. Yeah, we... Here, honey, I uh, killed some flowers for you so you could remember me and watch them die on the kitchen table. I just saved you guys a lot of money. <laughs> They're dead. 
And so what I'm saying is it doesn't matter what it looks like. If they're not connected to the head, they're dead. So you might be in the right place on Sunday morning, but if you're not connected to Jesus in your life, there's something wrong. Something's missing. It might look alive, but it's not. And why have the looks of being alive if you don't get the, the benefit of all the blessings of being connected to Christ? So it says, um, Jesus said this to, to um, Peter. He says, I'm going to build my church. It's what I'm going I'm to do. And they had this kind of this question. He said, Peter, who do people say that I am? And they said, well, some say you're Elijah. Some say you're a prophet. And he says, but who do you say I am? He says, well, you are, you are Jesus. You're the son of God. You're the Messiah. And he says to Peter, he says, you know what, Peter? Men didn't tell you this. God told you that. God revealed that to you. And that revelation, I'm going to build my church on that revelation that people know who I am. So who do you say that Jesus is? Because he's building his church with people that know him. So he's not building a, a, a Sunday thing. He's building a worldwide thing of people who know him. There's got to be personal, individual revelation of who Jesus is. Acknowledgement that, yeah, he's Lord and confession of him. That means that not everyone in church this morning is part of the church. And I'll be honest enough to tell you that because I don't want to see that. Because the, the, the truth is that every person here can be. Can be part of the church. But it requires a faith exchange. It requires believing in your heart that Jesus is the Son of God. It requires believing that and confessing with your mouth that He's Lord in your life. I'm not boss anymore. He is. That my life looks like someone else is controlling it. That it's not just me doing whatever I want to do whenever I want to do it. And that's a tough battle. But guess what? We're ready for the fight. That we continue to fight those things. But to be connected and discerning the body discerning who is part of the body of Christ. Part of that, like we talked about before, make sure you discern it right. Understanding who's a part of it, you'll hear it in their, in their vocabulary. You'll hear it in the fact that they talk about Jesus being Lord and not in the Lord, Lord, like, you know, uh, where it talks about other ones where it says, Lord, Lord, and, and he says, I never knew you. It's, it's the ones whose lives look like they follow Christ. If you got people who say, you know, I love Jesus, but their lives show nothing of the sort, look out. Paul talks about that in chapter 5. But it says, you know what? Because the head determines what the body does. The head is determining what's happening in our lives. And if it doesn't, then you know what? We, the, the, it's something you've got to take a good hard look at. Number two, the head or the body must be connected to other parts of the body. It's got to be connected to the head to be alive, but it's got to be connected to other parts of the body. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 16, it talks about how God gave gifts to the church. He gave you pastors, teachers, uh, apostles, prophets, evangelists to equip you to do the work of the ministry. They're like player coaches. The guys like me are, are, are here to help encourage you to be able to do the work of the ministry so that the body would grow up, it says, into the full measure and stature of Jesus. That we wouldn't be young and immature and just tossed by every kind of teaching, but that we would grow and we would look like the body of Christ. And, and I, I'm really challenged with that. Because for me, I realized, you know what, I don't care anymore if Sundays is, is one of those things where it looks like, you know, hey, I hope they liked it. My care is that you guys were equipped to actually go into your world with stuff you can take that's going to actually make a difference. That you're going to actually be able to do ministry wherever you find yourself. Causes growth of the body. And he's the one connecting each other so that every joint supplies something. That every part supplies every part. Look around you for a second. Take a good look real quick that every part here would contribute something. See, because I believe that God so often meets a need in your life through someone sitting around you. Do you know, I wonder when it says, hey, if you don't discern the body of Christ right, and some of you are weak, some of you are dying, 
Could it possibly be that the healing that God has for that person could be coming through another person? They just didn't discern that, right? Think on that for a second. Because when God wants to meet a financial need in your life, you pray for God for finances. How many times, how many people have seen an answer to financial prayer? You've said, God, I need you to come through. Yep, so there's a few. Let me ask you, did the money just show up in your, you know, you went outside to mow the lawn, like, oh, look at that, that grass actually just grew into money. Sweet, all right, take that and go buy something with it. No, no. Usually what happens, someone else's money ended up in your hand somehow because he worked it out. Why? Because those joints are supplying the need. What happens if that person wasn't doing that? What happens? And, and say, well, you know what? I don't know about that for like healing and other things like that. But I'll tell you, as we look at some of the scriptures, you're going to see that God gives certain people gifts of healing. God gives certain people different, different gifts, gifts of service. And if they're not doing it, it's hindering, it's hindering the body that they got to be connected to one another. Do we have a second? Do you got a couple minutes that I can, we can just finish this this morning? I believe this summer is a journey. A journey of discovering where you fit in the body. Do you know what a finger? A finger might come in contact with a toe every once in a while. A finger will usually come in contact with the other fingers and the thumb on that hand a whole lot more often. The finger will never come in contact with that one part on your back that you just can't reach, the one where it's always itchy and you can't scratch it but it's all part of the same body. So you might come in contact with certain people sometimes. You might come in contact with parts of the body that are around the world and you'll never come in contact with them. They're part of the same body. But there's some that you're going to be in contact with a whole lot. And they're probably the ones sitting around you right now. The ones that together, you know, you try and pick up something with just your pinky finger. It doesn't work as well as when you got them all. That Kingsway Church, I believe, would be that that dexterity of, of a body of, a, of, of, of digits that know how to work together that when that, that, that it's just so the thought and mind like he said is the same that they can just go and do it and create incredible changes for the kingdom because they understand who they are local churches is not to compete with one another we complete one another I'm glad to have Pastor Aaron here today because there's something that we need from them there's something how that body works all together that it, that it happens. And we need to discern those things. We need to discern that correctly. There's people that you need to be hanging out with. That you need to. The Bible says, you know, he who wants to be wise walks with the wise. And he who walks with the wise becomes wise. So it talks about it in Proverbs. You want to be looking up those people. People who are consistently making the right decisions in life. Hang around with them. It also says there's people you shouldn't be hanging around with. The people who go to church and but live a lifestyle that, has, that is totally not Christian. He says, you will avoid those people. Well, I saw them in church, so I'm going to be nice to them. You know, I'll invite them over for dinner. Yeah, but if they're living, you know, Jesus didn't do that. He didn't hang out with people so that he could become like them. Be careful who you hang out with because it will affect you. And if our body parts don't understand that, it says they, they miss out in function. And then there's a third group of people too, the ones you got to, you know, you got to embrace and sometimes endure. Heard of a pastor talking about that. Yeah, they're the... They're, yeah, they're, they're the quirky ones around you. Anybody got quirks? Yeah, yeah. You know, but but they're, they're followers of Jesus who don't have it all together yet. It's not followers of Jesus who choose to live a lifestyle of sin. It's followers of Jesus who, you know, are, are seeking to be wise and they want to hang out with you. They want to be a part of growing. And you're like, oh, man, did you see what, that guy does not wear deodorant. Gosh, 
I feel the Lord leaving me not to hang out with him. No, it's, it's, it's not that. You need to sometimes embrace, sometimes uh, endure, but that's what that body is being connected. Everybody has an armpit, just saying. Um, <laughs> the body must be connected to the head to be alive, must be connected to other body parts, and the last thing, the body must be functioning in its intended purpose. A body part that doesn't function actually hinders the rest of the body. Have you ever had a leg that's asleep? You sit down, you wake up, and the leg's right there, but it doesn't walk. It's like, oh, oh, pins and needles. It makes the rest of you feel awful. Nobody's had that, really. I, I woke up one morning, and both my arms were asleep. Do you know how weird and awful that is? Because you feel them on you, but the, you don't know who's there. Who's, who's hugging me? You know? I'm in a youth retreat. What's, what's going on here? And, and you realize, you're like, ugh, ugh hoping they're going to wake up and when one does like pick up the other one make sure it's awake it's there but if it's not functioning it's useless you don't see anybody winning olympic medals with one sleepy leg it just doesn't happen and yet that's what happens in church because we got people who sit there and we have no idea why we're here when jesus says i'm building my church i'm building this thing they're they're like the kid in the family photo who has no idea that you're taking a family photo like smiles like And you're like, that, but that's what happens in church. When you just come and you just sit and you just have no idea, you're like, oh, I made it through. He's building his church. And, and you're here for a reason because you got something that nobody else can offer. <laughs> do, do you realize that? I, if you leave today, all I want you to know is that wherever you go, you as a follower of Jesus are part of the body, that you've got gifts that should be doing something. And if they're not, everyone else is missing out. Now I can go home and be pretty proud. <laughs> yeah, sheesh, that's right, man. If I wasn't there, everybody else, they're missing out. If I'm not, yeah. But that's where you go back to chapter one, where there's no spiritual celebrities. Because it isn't all about you, but it's definitely about you. Some people are given to train the body. Some gifts are given because they're actually hardwired in. Some are spontaneous, spirit-led. But each person doing the work of ministry. Ministry is his life flowing one to another. Ministry is his life flowing through me to Tom in a connection out of Tim Hortons. Church is happening in a hospital where his life is ministering and praying. Just saying, you know what, I'm going to cry with you. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to believe God with you and for you. And just sharing that kind of stuff out wherever you find yourself. At school when somebody's having a tough day that you're saying, hey, you know what, I know you're not in school anymore. Never mind. On summer holidays, someone's having a tough day at swimming lessons and they failed their swimming lessons. And you're like, you know, hey, you know what, it's okay. It's all right. It doesn't make you a failure. And you begin to speak life and encourage people, put courage into the life because you're the body wherever you find yourself. Ministry is happening. How much ministry are you doing this, these days? I, you know what, I, this, week, this week I worked an insane amount of hours. And normally I don't have to do that much. But, and Because I, I, you guys are doing the work of the ministry. <laughs> but uh, I, I ended up at, a hos- at the hospital multiple days. I spent my birthday going to the hospital because I, I wanted to. And you know what's really strange, really unique, is that when you're doing ministry, it's like energy. It's like spiritual caffeine. It's like you can go and go and go on that. Jesus was sitting at the well. We saw it in the Bible where he's exhausted and, and they don't feed him anything. But because he's ministering to people, all of a sudden he's energized. You know, that life, living that kind of life is the way it's supposed to be. Jesus said, I'm building my church. I'm building it. And we need to have a sense of purpose as a body. That we have to say, God, if that's what you're building, I'm in that. I want to be a part of that body. And my heart, and I close with this, I don't want to just be the funny bone of the body. 
I, I don't want to be the Sunday where people just come and just laugh and I was like, hey, that was good. I want to be a part that's actually life-changing. I want to be a part that's changing lives because I believe that's what we're called to. I believe it's no accident that you're here this morning. None. Zero. I, I, I was praying about that, you know, knowing, knowing all these people are going on holidays, do I still teach on this? Yeah, because I believe that that for each and every one of us, that he's putting that in your heart this week. That you say, hey, I'm going to grow closer with Christ. That I'm going to get closer to the head. So I understand that the, the life and what I'm supposed to do. I'm also going to get closer to the body members, the other people. And be, be thinking about ministering to them. Whether it's through text, whether it's through being together, whatever it is. And third, I want to function. God, I want to find out what, what you've designed me to do. So that I can be the part of the body that... Uh, actually uh, does what it's supposed to do. Saturday nights, we're going to be starting services in September. And some people are like, oh no, you're splitting the church. It's going to fail. I want to challenge you that there is no splitting the church because the church is here. The church is meeting in Selkirk today. The church is meeting in Sweets Corners today. The church is meeting next door today. Any person who believes in Jesus, any person who, uh, as we discern the body of Christ, that they are a follower of Christ, they say that He is Lord in their lives and that they are connected to the body, they're the body. They're meeting in Africa today. They're meeting in Asia today. That's the body of Christ. Don't get so small-sighted on the fact that, oh, it's just this building, us 200 and no more. Because it should be four, it should be six, it should be eight, it should be a thousand. That if every night we had to have church here because there's that many people getting connected and added to the body, we're doing our job. You're doing your job. So this morning I want to encourage you that you are the body. You are. You already are. You've got gifts. You've got talents. So as we continue on this journey through the summer, my hope and my heart and my belief is that you're going to find it. And you're going to go just bust up hell with what you've got on the inside because you're his kid. Oh man, I just made it through life. You know, I just survived this week. That you're going to be like, no way, man. I, I, I kicked some devil's butt this week, you know. Uh, he's got no chance against us because we're the body. Have you seen these gun show, man? She's looking right at me right there. And you know it. I hope in all of that this morning you get the heart of that, that we would discern the body correctly. Meaning we'll be it, we'll live it, we'll do it.